thank you for growing, binging, and uh, paying attention to all the series of Horse Racing True Crime. Uh, each podcast builds on the next, and we're giving a comprehensive education. We're educating ourselves, and we're educating you on true crime, right? The things that are missing in the true crime genre, even though it's growing exponentially we're growing exponentially but also we're learning about uh horse racing and the, every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome so the purpose of the podcast is to make me money and i say that because we put an emphasis on being candid and being able to give you all sides of the truth the, the alt right and the alt left the crazy left and the radical right. We give you all of it and we let you decide. And in some cases, we've gotten great feedback from the people that listen. We learned something. So it's a whole learning, uh, real journalism pro uh, process where you learn the rest of the story. So that's the purpose. Uh, we have multiple purposes. So we're multi-layered, multi-dimensional. So we give you financial first aid kit, we're qualified because between my person, Nisi, and myself, we have three master's degrees. We have probably like six successful businesses. So we live in an expensive Southern California and we live well. So purposes of the podcast is to be candid, to be keeping it real as much as possible, right? And to learn and to fill in the gaps, things, information you do not get from other true crime podcast as we go through the whole process. Well, so what is the outcome, right? Besides 500% uh, ROI with college basketball, college football, and, you know, uh, NFL, besides making you money with that, we teach you how to do it, right? So those are outcomes. We make money. We've given you three winners in the triple crown races. We feel blessed to do that. And then we gave you, uh, we're going to do a betting briefing on golf majors. And we gave you one that was plus 800 that was in it to the last hole. So the outcome has been not only just giving you a fish money, but teaching you how to fish uh, using business and financial concepts and fundamentals to get there. Now, uh, you know, the truth is how you see it, right? And the biggest benefit I feel of the podcast is that we give you the measure of demand. So usually on a podcast, we give you 109 years of what we know, measuring people. This is very important to know who's who and what's what, to know your environment and be able to read people. So usually we give you 109 years of that. This podcast, we're giving you 205 <coughs> years of measuring people. Why? To make money, right? <laughs> That's why we're measuring people. But sometimes it's fun, right? Sometimes it's socialized. When I was at the restaurant, a lot of the fun I had was watching the people come in, you know, from the George Steinbrenners to somebody else. Now, if you are in a room where you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. <laughs> so to that end, we have Mike Persinisi, uh, ADA Compliance, Accurate Business Coaching, 
has been married, what, 40 years now, has three successful kids, all graduated school, all nice, well-adjusted kids. And that just doesn't happen, right? Nothing just happens. So we're very fortunate, lucky, and good to have Mike Personisi with us tonight. Thank you, Mike. What are your first thoughts? Well, first of all, welcome to your dad. I think it's great to see him and have him here Thank with you. us. So welcome, dad. That's really a blessing. It's a blessing to have your dad. My father passed away in 1991. Wow. And there aren't days that go by where I don't think about him. I don't miss him. Uh, not that he was the best guy in the world, but he was my father. And when right. you lose your father, it's a loss that you have a lot of things to share with other men, other women, your children, and so on. So welcome, Papa. Good to have you here tonight. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, and not only has he been in the ministry for 61 years, uh, my sister Eunice is a you know, multimillionaire. And she's a minister of a church in Washington, D.C. I have a brother who is in uh, churches in Pinellas Park, right? The Assembly of God. The Assembly of God's Church in, in Pinellas Park, Florida. I've been a minister for 20 plus years. He's known for going to the jails and getting the Mexicans out of jail and getting into church. And uh, then myself, we've been here in Southern California, three businesses. You know, my wife's been a successful psychotherapist, a the boss where she works, right? She's the she's the clinic clinical guru <laughs> where she is, right? So we bring all this to I what I think is one of the greatest podcasts of all times because there's very little when you look at probability theory, it's a 20% luck factor, right? So with something, when you go to CVS pharmacy, you go to uh, Walgreens, you get rubbing alcohol. The toppest you can get is what, 91%, right? But on this podcast, you get 100% of what we think based on those three master's degree education and experience. You get 100, probably you even get 101% what we think because the more you read, the more you know, the more you realize how much you do not know. <laughs> and there is, right, some opposite out there that can bring the argument forward. And I've seen it save lives on one end, and I've seen it make a lot of money on the other. So now we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of the podcast. Uh, we've given you a true crime and it's very important, as we, especially in the next couple of weeks, we're going to update the episode notes before we get into football. And these episode notes are goals. We're finishing up the transcripts. We're going to publish them. And it seems like at the end of the day, they'll end up being a book. Because we're giving you a lot of thoroughness and detail into a true crime story where we have all the elements. We have murder. We talk about the elements of crime from an academic level, uh, psychotherapy level, because in business, 60 to 70% of business is psychological. So, and we give you the measure of the man, right? 205 years of it to that end. So we started with Mike Gill. I talked about Penn National. Penn National is run by the mob. Uh, Steve Wynn, Barstool Sports, Pump and Dump, right? Which is important in the finance world. We see it now with Tesla, uh, Wall Street Bets. 
You get to the Stronich family, billionaires, they own the track, vertical integration we talked about, great business concept to know, Apple uses it. And we talked about Honey and Barry Sherman, right? And then we go to Jason Service and George Navarro. In between them, you have some dead people, Honey and, uh, and uh, Barry are dead and go through all the podcasts as one podcast builds upon each other. And we have some questions about uh, that murder and uh, they classified, the police finally classified it as a murder and who did it and was the incentives to do it as we solve that crime. At the same time, we're giving you the winners of triple crown races. We're being very practical. We're helping you pay the rent and pay the high prices of gas. So one end builds upon each other. We profiled Bob Baffert, which in, in a timely manner, Linda Rice. Mm -hmm. They all build upon each other. And I mentioned too much in the intros, we build you up to where we are now. So you listen to those podcasts, you listen and learn. And a lot of people are doing it. I've done less podcasts in the last couple of weeks, but the downloads have gone up and the binging has gone up because it is a series and every podcast has a lesson. And sometimes it's, it's a dynamic podcast where the lesson, right, that you get wasn't necessarily the original lesson we started with. You view the information again and you see other uh, nuggets that help you move forward again in making money in the short and long term and learning fundamentals of business, educating yourself, right? So we did an overview on Jason Service and George Navarro. Now we're going in depth into uh, selective prosecution, into the FBI, right? How uh, corrupt the FBI is and how they didn't actually, and it all hit hard today as we read through things. Uh, the FBI was obviously in my, uh, or, well, let's put it to you this way, uh, evidence, right? We detail what evidence is, it's facts. Facts are something you can prove to be true. How do you prove it to be true? With video evidence, with documentation, visual eyewitness evidence is the least reliable. You need corroboration and then documentation. You need documentation that's contemporaneous, right? Contemporaneous with corroboration. So the evidence based on that leads us to believe that the FBI was getting paid. And once this got so out of control, and so public, they have to pull the trigger on an 11 year old indictment. And uh, the evidence and proof is in the contemporaneous document, which is their indictment, right? Mm -hmm. So let's listen to the video of the indictment and we'll have a, a reaction. Do you, do you have um, thoughts on that as we gave the recap and as we get into the meat of this podcast? Well, the whole idea that somebody would be involved in horse racing from a young age, loving horses, training horses, grooming horses, saying things like, I love horses, okay? Right. Stop right there. That, some, to me, sounds like a person who loves animals. Okay, great. Now, you go from there, we take it, we open a gate, we transition to 
oh, I can make a living. I can make a living being involved in the horse industry, horse racing, feeding, right. training. Okay. You get to the next gate. This is, oh, actually now I have perfected my trade, my core competencies, my abilities. Now I'm a senior trainer, master trainer, whatever term you want to use. Okay. Next gate says, wow, I can make a lot of money if I slip this horse, uh, Mickey, and it right. wins the race. Forget the right. fact it's got injuries and it could die. I love horses. Right. However, 25 dollars can buy a lot of horses right so right. here's what happens progression is you go from liking animals loving animals working with animals working with people getting a smell a glimpse of a lot of money and realizing maybe i got off track and i think a lot of right. people in our listening audience josh can say you know coach mike that happened to me <laughs> i was in business and all of a sudden i got involved in drugs or gambling or brews or whatever that thing is you got involved in and they got off the path so the fact that your dad's here, a minister of the gospel for years and years, you and me, we try to get people back on track. Look, money's wonderful, but the love of money, the lust of it, is the root of all kinds of evil and problems. And this is what we're... El amor al dinero. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he's been a minister for 61 years. El apóstol Santiago dijo que el amor al dinero es la raíz it says, yes, St. Uh, James, the root of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. So he's been a minister for 61 years and because of the fundamentals, right? He teaches the fundamentals of Christianity. There's no city in the United States of America with a significant Hispanic population that doesn't have a pastor who's been trained by my dad, which is good and bad, you know, because too much is given, much is requested. <laughs> but yes, that's the fundamentals. So we're going to get into some fundamentals here today. <laughs> but that's have fun. Um, ningún ciudad donde hay hispano, donde no hay una gente que usted los entrenaba, como tú sabes, Soto en Denver, Rafael en Boston. We're going through the people who uh, go and uh, pick him up every year and send him a uh, round trip flights to, you know, uh, up there in Massachusetts and different Boston and different cities, round trip, right? Watch yeah. to, see, to hear the fundamentals of Christianity. So let's listen to this indictment. So okay. kind of crystallize it and give some detail for folks. This is Mr. Berman. Uh, Southern District of New York, right? So this is the same office that um, arrested Epstein and uh, arrested uh, Wasserberg today. Mm. That's very interesting because it's done in Florida. The public has watched with growing concern the reports of death and injury in the business of professional horse racing. The care and respect due to the animals competing as well as the integrity of racing are matters of deep concern to the people in our district and to this office. Today, we announce criminal charges against racehorse trainers Jorge Navarro and Jason Service, as well as nine other trainers, seven veterinarians, and nine drug suppliers and distributors. 
all involved mm. in the right. cruel and systematic doping of racecourses mm. across the United States and indeed around the world using misbranded, adulterated, and dangerous performance-enhancing drugs. This is the most far-reaching prosecution of racehorse doping in the history of the Department of Justice. The defendants who we charge today engaged in this conduct not for the love of the sport and <laughs> certainly not out of care for the horses, but for money. Mm-hmm. To secure money. cash prizes by increasing a racehorse's chances of winning races or to make money by manufacturing and selling illegal drugs. And it was the racehorses that paid the price for the, the defendant's unbridled greed. These animals were injected and force-fed all manner of illegal and experimental drugs, drugs that allowed the horses to run unnaturally fast and to mask pain and which, as alleged, can lead to their injury and death. The horse racing industry is subject to federal laws aimed at protecting animals, laws that require that trainers who have the responsibility of caring for the horses under their control only administer drugs approved by the Food and Drug Administration or pursuant to a legitimate prescription. That animal drugs be manufactured in an FDA-registered facility. That veterinarians who take an oath to protect the health and welfare of animals abide by their duty to prescribe drugs based on medical need and that drugs be truthfully and thoroughly labeled to show where they are made and their contents. As alleged, violated these laws by doping racehorses with illegal and dangerous performance enhancing drugs. This far chart, as you can see, illustrates some of the drugs that we obtained in the course of our investigation. The first category is blood builders, adulterated and misbranded drugs that increase a horse's red blood cells providing more oxygen to muscles and allowing a horse to run faster or longer than would be natural. The drugs also increase pressure on a racehorse's heart, which can lead to injury or death. These customized drugs were designed to be undetectable to normal blood testing protocols. The next group is pain blockers, analgesics to deaden the horse's ability to feel pain. These drugs can cause a racehorse to overexert itself possibly leading to a leg injury or break. Often racehorses that sustain such injuries are euthanized. Defendant Louis Grasso included among his pain blockers vials of cobra venom, which he shipped to trainers upon request. The next group is bronchodilators, adulterated and misbranded drugs designed to increase a horse's oxygen intake and lessen fatigue allowing the horse to perform beyond its natural abilities. And the final group is bleeders, used to reduce bleeding in a horse's lungs during a race or exercise, masking overexertion. As alleged, the defendants not only knew these drugs were illegal, several acknowledged that they could be lethal. One intercepted a phone call between Louis Grasso, a veterinarian, and Thomas Guido, a trainer. Guido told Grasso about a horse who had died and was being doped with a drug similar to a blood builder. Grasso was not surprised. He replied, it happens. He probably overjuiced him. I've seen that happen 20 times. The scope of the doping problem 
allegations brought in two well-known horses, Maximum Security and XYJ. Maximum Security in 2019 finished first in the Kentucky Derby before being disqualified for interference. And just last week, Maximum Security won a major race in the Middle East. There we go. We talked about that a lot. Jason Service, as alleged, gave SGF 1000 to almost every horse he trained, including Maximum Security. SGF 1000 is manufactured in unregistered facilities and is promoted as containing growth factors intended to increase a horse's stamina beyond its natural abilities, thereby increasing the risk of injury. Following his disqualification from the Derby, Service was recorded discussing giving SGF 1000 to maximum security in advance of a race in New Jersey. Navarro also trained and doped horses running at the highest level, including XY Jet, who in 2019 won a major race in the Middle East. XY Jet was regularly doped with misbranded and adulterated blood builders and other performance enhancing drugs in a callous effort to increase that horse's performance. Exchange Jet. XY Jet died on January 8, 2020, at the age of eight. The coroner stated that the death was due to an apparent heart attack. The office's investigation of the death of XY Jet continues. is also alleged to have worked with another defendant to quietly dispose of the bodies of dead horses rather than report those deaths to the relevant authorities. In order to set the protocol, Nicholas Surik, the trainer and co conspirator with Navarro, said, You know how many horses he Navarro killed and broke down that I made disappear? You know how much trouble he could get in if they found out the six horses we killed? The six horses we killed. All right, so your reaction to that? There, there's a lot. All right, so I'm going to ask you a few things about the reaction. Let me get this out here. Individuals in the horse racing industry. All right, we'll cut it off there. Uh, now the thing that jumps out at me is because sometimes you watch these shows where uh, podcasts solve crimes. The thing that jumps out at me, right, that they're making a big deal out of that these drugs were mislabeled, right, and that these drugs uh, were sophisticated, and they were in non-FDA-approved facilities. Who do we know, Coach Mike, that has... Right, we talk about a crime. You got to place the person on the crime, means right, and opportunity. So who placed Canada? Means owns a uh, pharmaceutical conglomerate, right? Opportunity uh, has a pharmacy in Ocala, Florida, where George Navarro has a uh, pharmacy. Stronach families in the mafia. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The Stronach family, Ocala, Florida. You know what's interesting, Josh, about that? Okay, again, now, if, you, if you've ever watched Jorge Navarro, 
he looks like he's on drugs because he's moving a mile right. a minute. New York Yankees baseball cap, and he's chucking and driving and grooving and moving. Right, right. He looks like a he looks like a character to start with, and to then somebody with. puts a microphone in his face and says, "So, Jorge, what do you think? Well, you know, I really, X Y Jet is like my my baby. I love X Y Jet and blah blah blah. You killed X Y Jet, Jorge. You want to be in prison for life." You're, you are scum. You're a no good, thieving, lying piece of dog dirt. You right. want to go to prison for life. You and Jason Service, you guys, you scum, you want to be taken out and shot in my humble right. opinion. You want to talk about overreaction? This is why. Because when you go to watch a horse race, you want to see horses race. It's the, it's the, the game of kings, right? It's the sport of kings. I don't want to watch some horse who's doped up higher than a kite on some untraceable drug who's going to die in a month or a year. That's how I feel. How about you? No, exactly. Exactly. And uh, Bafford, like Bob Baffert, because Bob Baffert is the opposite, the antithesis of George Navarro. However, I feel exactly the same way about him because the numbers are staggering. Not only are their numbers are staggering, the next point I want to talk about before we'll show the next George Navarro video, and actually I was going to go indictment, then video. Actually, I'm going to go video because in the video, then reading the indictment, right, kind of kind of shows how this is twofold because you guys are going, oh, this is going way off the rails as far as you guys indicting the whole industry, indicting how long it takes for them to react to crystal clear information of people being serial killers. They're taking a long time. I'm like, no, we don't care how long it takes. We know that the devil's the king of the earth. So we're not making a judgment of it. Judge not said, let's be judged. We're not judging. What we're doing is from a practical business standpoint, we want an accurate description because, right, we thought that Bob Baffert, give you a specific expand, example we monetized, we felt that Bob Baffert was spiking Medina spirit. So that's why we were going to pick it to win the Kentucky Derby at 12 to 1, and boom, it did. So we're not, we're not making any moral or ethical judgment on it. We're, we're pattern recognition, right? Pattern recognition is math, and you use it to make money. So we saw that the, the pattern was set. But Bob Baffert has killed 76 horses that we know of. George Navarro has to be in the thousands because he's been doing this this whole time. And uh, uh, we'll let you react to that. And then we'll, we'll show the video because 2017, George Navarro was getting drunk with a dumb owner. And the dumb owners range, right? It ranges from a dynasty like the Spronages to a con man, like uh, we'll do a series of podcasts on uh, Ahmed Saeed. Ahmed <laughs> Saeed is nothing more than a con man. Uh, you know, and we did a really good podcast on the, uh, the King of Dubai and what's going on there. And he's like, well, why are you doing a podcast on the King of Dubai? Because that's the owner of the winner of your Belmont States. Right, and we can make money in the future learning about this. So, your reaction, and then I'll play that George Navarro video. Okay, so here's something that a viewer or listener should hear loud and clear. 
we just told them, we told you, if you watch these podcasts and listen and take notes, you can bet on these horses and win money. Okay. And when you, when we talked about Medina spirit, as soon as you said, Bob Baffert, all of our groups said, Oh yeah, it's going to win because it's spiked. It's going to be a, it's going to be one of those horses. It's going to be doped. And it went off at 12 to one and won by what two lengths. I mean, it wasn't exactly rocket science. Now, People say, oh, you guys are just lucky. Okay, well, if you have that attitude, just stop watching. Go watch somebody else. I, I agree. If you think we're lucky, but we've been doing this now for, what, a year and a half? And right, so uh, uh, proof is in the pudding, right? So 500% ROI on uh, college football, on NFL, on college basketball. Basketball, right. And now uh, three Triple Crown winners. <laughs> right that's an awful lot of luck there no and it is luck involved 20 percent of it the other one is uh combining collaborating with hundreds and hundreds of years of knowledge people have and people being people we know people we don't know <laughs> because the richest country most educated country in the world and it's hard for you to mess up it really is so Josh, here's a question that makes perfect sense to ask anybody. Right. If the Federal Drug Administration is in charge of all drugs, right. you have drugs that you either create or dispense, why would you not run that under the FDA? Right. Well, either illegal right. <laughs> or immoral, or you're trying to skirt the system or not pay a fee or whatever. And, you know, the funny thing is, eventually you're going to be found out. Someone is going to say, what, what's the name of that drug? It's XGF-1000, XGF-1000. And right. they'll look at me, I don't see that listed. And then somebody tells somebody who tells somebody, hey, we better investigate these people. Next right. thing you know, you have a drug that is almost undetectable. And I say almost because someone did detect it. And someone says, well, this horse really, really performs well. And then a year later, it dies. Right. You know that's the. No, and, and and in prepping for this, I was showing my dad the Saudi Cup, and I, and with now looking at it with twenty twenty vision, all the horses are at the same at a certain pace, right? And then you hear it almost seems like that DA bet on the race or bet on these races, because what happens once you see where the horse is supposed to feel the pain, it doesn't. In the case of maximum security, if you watch the Saudi Cup. And you watch near the end, right? Maximum security where it's supposed to be feeling pain. The head's going one way. The feet are going another. They're behind a horse, right? What does it do? It flips. The fastest I've ever seen a horse flip from one side to the other of the horse and then accelerates. If a professional player did that, they would bust their ACL. So let's listen to this interview of George Navarro. Okay over the last few weeks has been Jorge Navarro. Crazy interview. Of course, the trainer of Sharp Azteca. There was a video that many people saw, maybe many of you didn't see it, involving him and one of his owners. There's been a big controversy. There were fines levied in New Jersey. <clears throat> the way of putting the tracks not accepting his entries. Jorge Navarro is standing in the paddock with Gabby Gadette. Thank you, Andy and Jorge. Obviously, you have been the subject of controversy uh, recently. 
Hit play, Josh. Okay, there you go. after um, a video was released uh, back in the beginning of August. Jorge, what have you, how have you kind of reflected on this situation and is there anything you'd like to say to the racing community about it? Yes, first I want to apologize to all of you. Okay, first of all, let's talk about the, the before he goes on, what the video was, was him saying, yes, let's pump these horses, let's spike them, man, and let's win. So this is 2017, it's a term 23. Why is he not arrested at this point when he confessed to the whole world? And why is the whole racing boards? And again, I forgot in the, in the recap, we talked about these racing boards and who they are. Why are taxpayers' money paying for racing boards to let George Navarro keep on after he confessed? Let's go on, George. Let's finish. We'll react after that. Everybody, he's wrong. I'm ashamed of what happened that day. All right, um, I let somebody took the best out of me, and you know, that's a no no. Uh, guy like me, leading trainer. All right, uh, leading trainer. That way. Jorge, with certain situations like this, you know, when, when there's controversy surrounding an operation or when there's a lot of negative attention, how does that kind of affect the mood uh, of you and of your operation as well moving forward? You know what? I want to thank my assistants. Jesus, right? So they were, they were there for me these last two weeks. Uh, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where, I, where I've been. Or my wife. See, what's a hard situation? Listen, this is all I know how to do. I know how to train horses. I'm a horseman. All right. Yeah. He's a horse that sharp as stick. I wasn't be able to run. All right. Hey, I want to thank the United uh, Naira for doing this for me and the horse. It's about the horse, not me. All right. About <laughs> me, I'm gonna clean up. And like I said, if I'm gonna have to apologize for the rest of my life, I will. That's the type of guy that I am. All right, well, we'll transition to the horse shifting gears a bit sharp as Tekka. He's really taken his talents to multiple different places. Jorge, you, you shipped him in earlier this week for a work over the track. What was kind of the purpose of it, and how did he look to you? You know what? It was a good workout. Uh, my dad didn't change. Uh, the reason I did that was uh, coming out of the Mount of Park. It's a fast kind of track. Here's a little bit of deeper. So I see my horses after the race, how they come at. So like All right, so we'll stop his nonsense there. It's funny. Uh, for years I've known, I've known this for about 40 years, that when somebody says, trust you, how, uh, that's when you know not to trust them. So he's saying he's a great trainer, that it's not about the me, it's about the horse. It reminds me of Saeed. Saeed said, it's all, this is all for you. Da, 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 da. And he was like the guy who uh, bought the New Jersey Islanders or the Island New York Islanders for $20. <laughs> Right. So let me ask my dad, his uh, measure of the man of George Navarro. So say, Papi, ¿qué tú crees de Jorge Navarro? Bueno, ese lo que dijo el... Mike Prestonisi. He says, it's just like Mike Prestonisi said. Lo hace unos momentos atrás que el amor al dinero. It says, the love of money. That's what brought Judas to, to uh, betray Jesus. Right? 
le viene un camino de tinieblas, de muerte. Entonces, el, todo lo que llevó este señor es que él se creyó muy inteligente. He thought he was the, the intelligent. He thought he was so intelligent. He was wise in his own conceit. And his other problem is that he thought that everybody else was stupid. The old, you can fool half the people. Most of the time, not all the people, all of the time. Especially the king of Saudi Arabia. Saudita Son una gente que están acostumbrados a vivir en diferentes situaciones de gente estafadora y engañadora. And he said that the Saudi king is used to people trying to get over them, on them. They've been in many situations where people are trying to rob from them, extort them, so they were ready for an idiot like George Navarro to come in there. Entonces, él y su consejero <laughs> rápidamente se dieron cuenta que había algo muy raro en el caballo de este señor. It said that was very strange maximum security. Maximum security is mentioned in the indictment, but what I'm getting to me is why they keep letting maximum security run all over the place. But I don't mind because I kept betting maximum security and even in the British Cup, uh, my bankroll's higher because of it. So we're not judging. We're just, why? We're just observing what's going on. See, Papi? Entonces, ellos saben perfectamente que eh, la cultura hispana son una cultura de gente corrupta. <laughs> I guess entonces, he can say that because he says that the, the culture of Hispanics is a culture of thievery, of trying to get over people, and the Hispanic culture is a very corrupt culture. And since we're Hispanics, we can get away with uh, saying it about our own people. Their own governments. Well, it's just like, okay, it's just like Italians, it's just like Europeans, just like Americans. All people, I mean, all people, you know, it says in the good book, in the Bible, the scripture says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what do people put in their heart? Well, they put in their eye gate, they put in their ear gate, they put in their people gate, their persons, right? You right. hang around corrupt people you talk about corruption, you talk about money, you glorify money, guess what happens? You're going to talk about that. Right. What is your world full of? Avarice, greed, more covetousness. Oh, what are the commandments? You know, don't covet. Don't covet your neighbor's goods. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet your neighbor's mule. Why? Be content with what you got. This is the problem. Nobody's content. Making three million dollars a year, you're not content. No, I need okay. And I'm gonna play this video, then I'm gonna read the entire the, the indictment and we'll have our, our final uh reactions, right? Okay. Because okay. with me, what I keep getting astounded by and I need to stop is the scope and level of the corruption. Because he already said this to the owner, right? He uh, already at this point in time had been seven or eight years under watch. They had a lot of evidence and every single person okay, let it go in an R let it go. Uh, so let's, let's take a look at this guy and then we'll read the you're indictment. You're on a mission this year, aren't you? Oh, he's on a mission. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't want to have to do it. I'll talk to him now. 
Yeah, right. He has a hat. He's obviously inebriated, and he's talking about supposed to be talking about the horse, but he ends up flipping the conversation to himself. Right up. Let's free up some memory here so we can get him going. Um, it's really good. Really good for the race. We're talking to here about the uh, measure of the man. From last in this video. Yeah. The measure of the man. So what have you sort of uh, we'll get a computer learn and about how to get the best out of your horse this year? You know what? From last year, nah, not even last it's year. Spiking. First time I was here, I did a horse with my coach, me, my first ride over here, and he said, George promised me something. Once you get here, promise you're not going to do nothing crazy. Oh, I let the horse be. Don't get on his way. Don't right, do um, something crazy. Have, sounds um, confessional. You have a plan, a whole year, all right? And then uh, you're three months out. Horse lets you know if he's going to make it or not. Uh, so why do you want to do something here? I'm uh, bring my horse to prepare. Yes, there's always a question. Have I done enough? All right, that's, I guess that's every training question. Do you think you've done enough? Does he need I a mean, spike? The way the results have gone this year. What do you think? I ask myself the same question every day. I ask my rider, the groom, which is my uncle, you think we've done enough? And they tell me, George, stop asking yourself that question. All right, he's ready. You've done enough already. It clearly is a very competitive race this year. You look at the quality, Breeders' Cup winners and some of the other horses around. Are you going to have to raise your game? <sighs> you know why I don't want to sound like other trainers. I think I went up against a great horse last year. For what that horse did, broke bad, covered that much ground on a speed favoring track. Oh, I, think, come on. I, do, I do think that I ran against the best sprinter in the world last year. Age was there. All right. Uh, he went third to me. So you know what? With a little bit of lady luck, breaking good out of the gate, and everything going my way, I like my chances. And this year, you're coming off some good wins. Has it been a completely trouble-free preparation? And so, you know, because there was talk before that the one or two little niggles um, has, has, have you, and obviously came out and ripped them apart last time you ran. Well, one, one thing I can tell you guys, I had X, Y, Jets, he was a tweet. One thing I can tell you some things I can't tell. first time that I could say I could train. There is nothing, nothing right now bothering him. There is nothing. Uh, the way he's eating, he's tearing up the feet up. And that's a good sign when a horse tears the feet up like the way he does. What I meant by tearing up the feet up is that he eats everything. Usually the trip gets him. The way training here, the heat, missing something at home, but right now he's not missing anything. You're a very positive character, so fear, clearly the optimism, but you know, it sounds like in your heart of hearts, you you're, you are the one to beat. Forget the fact you got a Breeders' Cup winner in there, and last year you ran into the best sprinter. You think you are the best sprinter in the world right now. I don't think I'm the best sprinter in the world. I just think that uh, for some reason he likes Dubai. You got to beat every obstacle that Dubai gives you. The shipping over you gotta here. You got to beat every uh, obstacle that Dubai gives you. You walk to the track, and you know what? Everybody tells me that George he knows where he's at. All right, so we heard that. It takes him 45 minutes to get over here. Yesterday I was worried. Now now we'll read the indictment, right? And then we'll get some reaction of what the truth is hmm. from our point of view. All right. So 
it's K, 20, 22nd phase of the indictment on or about May 22nd. I'm going to throw my reaction right away. We'll get uh, uh, Coach Mike's, we'll close. On or about May 22nd, 2019, Navarro held a conference call with the operators of a racing stable in California, our home mm -hmm. state here. It really is Del Mar, right? Mm -hmm. And really sounds like the Stronaches too. It can right. be. Mm -hmm. For whom Navarro is a trainer, during which they discussed a series of poor performances. Now, if he's talking to the Stronaches here, it seals it for me as to uh, what happened to uh, Barry and Honey Sherman, during which they discussed a series of poor performances. Who can own that many horses, Riley? Uh, by Noonish, a racehorse that was trained by Navarro. During that call, one of the operators questions whether Navarro was giving them that operators all the shit. So <laughs> all the shit, I would take it as what they call in the NFL, the program. When you take anabolic steroids in the NFL, they call it the program. So later asking, is this horse jacked out? <laughs> Make it more clear. Is he on the freaking pills? Or what else are you freaking? To which the Rob was probably everything. We're giving this horse everything. Individual one has to be the strategist, right? Whenever there's a bil billionaire involved in all this stuff, they're always called individual one. The individual one then cut the discussion short, stating, you don't have to tell me on the phone, you dummy George Rob. So George Navarro's making $3 million a year, all this money. He's not the brightest tool in the shed, as we just heard. This has to be a whole operation behind him. And the kind of distribution and manufacturing that only uh, Barry and Honey Sherman can provide in non-FDA facilities. And of course, we talk about uh, they agreed to collect and ship in Pennsylvania ship overnight to Navarro, whereas Pennsylvania, that's why we talked in the beginning of the podcast about Penn National. For those who don't know, Penn stands for Pennsylvania. <laughs> All right, the grand jury deferred to charge the allegations set forth in the prayer. We don't have to reread any more of the indictment. What do you think, Coach Mike? <laughs> you know, it's like I told a guy the other day, we were talking about this podcast, and I said, if I were to write all of this down and right. send it to Hollywood and say, hey, I've got this script for a movie. I want you to read it. They right. would look at this, read it and say, are you on medication, Mike? Are you taking drugs? Is it, <laughs> oh, why? Did you, how did you dream this stuff up? Right. And I would say to them in all candor, in front of God and man, this is just, I'm reporting honest facts. What this is truth. Oh, come on, come on. So George Navarro, for one, with the New York Yankee baseball camp <laughs> on television is good right. TV. Everybody's going to watch good TV. And there's a lot right. of Yankee fans all over the world. So they're looking at, it's a lot of distraction. And watch him. I don't know if he's drunk or stoned or goofy or right. loose. It's just good TV. And when you're talking on the phone to people about a series of poor performances, Josh, I'm not having that conversation. I'm going, Josh, can you can we meet someplace? We're going right. to meet in a dark coffee shop way off the beaten path and two of us talking alone, not on a telephone 
And finally, he starts lay, laying out all the reasons, all the excuses. We're giving this thing everything. We're going to source everything we can. So, God, time out. I'm, I'm off. I'm done. You shouldn't be telling me this on the phone, George. Click. The FBI just recorded all that. They wiretapped it. Boom. You got an indictment, what, 112 pages? Right. But it, it, the, the problem I have, and again, it could be me because you know me, I, at one of my course things that just spills out of me, Right, where people talk about moonshot and passion projects and this and that is taxpayer advocacy. Sure. <laughs> Why we're we waiting four years to, because the event that I just read happened four years after he went on video and everybody knew him. They're even interviewing about him, him telling a horse horner that he's spiking horses. How many horses had to die? And that's why we get to the heart of it, right? Which is right. people need to there's a lot of lessons a lot of life lessons uh don't commit two crimes at the same time uh once you've made enough money quit especially when you're in over your head right like colombo or jack nicholson in chinatown right quit yeah. this is the time quit. to let go i mean where you go well i just had to quit you make you like lying your lines are big just make up something and get out right get out while you can but we wasted a lot of taxpayers' money. All these boards, you need to shut every single board down that's using taxpayers' money, right? It's, and it's not, it's not systemic racism, it's systemic corruption, okay? <laughs> Just change one word. Right, well, I think that in a lot of this, they're getting that wrong. They think it's systemic racism, no. It's systemic love of money the root of all evil is money greed, okay. greed. Okay. doesn't matter greed. what color you are it's about self-interest of whatever individual regarding a race and uh in in a you know sexual orientation or anything else right so this 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 investigation took too long it took too much money that's involved and if they want to all these people want to kill each other fine just don't do it with taxpayers' money. The other big lesson is the more things, now I'm getting more like my dad now, <laughs> saying stuff that you heard cliches when you're marching. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The strategies are going nowhere. Uh, the love of money hasn't gone anywhere in the 20,000 years that we've had history. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's self-interest is going to be interest. So we're going to watch those patterns and we'll make a ton of money in these patterns. Because again, again, the, the other thing too, that close with this, number three, is that uh, a large ship like that Titanic, <laughs> you can't switch it around. So even though you know an iceberg's coming, you're going to have a hard time switching around. So this horse racing industry, even though they're making a big deal about Bob Baffin, Linda Rice will tell you what it is, right? She gave us Sinimbertrol. Sinimbertrol is one of the worst steroids you can give. And she gets two weeks vacation. And she works for who? Penn National. So she's back at Belpont. I think it's already over. We already done the podcast a month ago. She's been back two weeks already to Belmont Stakes. So I'm going to research this, which horses <laughs> she's spiking and I'm going to bet on them. I'm going to make a bunch of money. So uh, I'll let you and my dad get closing thoughts. I'll let you go too. What are your thoughts on all that in closing as we go that? 
And uh, we'll be back tomorrow for those on the live stream. And we're going to have uh, what used to be the British Open Bed and Briefing, but it's going to be the Open Bed and Briefing. Coach Mike, what are your thoughts? Okay, so you and I and your dad all understand that it would take an FBI agent a few years to infiltrate whatever you want to call it, the Cosa Nostra, right. Cosa Mia, Mafia, the horse racing, whatever. So you got to get some young guy to get in. I get that it takes a few years. Right. If it takes a few years to start gathering all this data and you have this dossier, at some point in time, somebody says, how many horses have died? Well, to date, 730. And the people say, did, did you say 730? Now they have, let's say 37,000 horses. Oh, right. 730 on a scale on a percentage doesn't show up, right? But let's say, for example, you and I are dealing in the recruitment business and we're recruiting people to be employees. And we had 37,000 people we recruited and 730 died. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd go right straight to prison or they just kill you for you know, <laughs> taking human life. And I know they're horses, but the whole idea that horses are dying is because man is basically being a greedy jerk. I'm sorry, what does it say in the scripture? Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Ergo, pathological liars. So what we're trying to do, Josh and Mike and your dad and others are trying to say, just look at the facts. facts. If I'm racing horses, why would my horse die after winning two or three races? Oh, the value went from 5,000 to 35 million. Oh, that's why the horse died. It was a necessary evil step to get to the next bunch of money. Right. And right in this thing taking a decade, right? And, and we're talking about facts. We're not picking sides. And I'll let my dad um, give final thoughts. I wasn't going to say anything, but based on what you said, two things just hit me hard that, it, it, that, that they're not saying in other podcasts. They're not saying in other media that I'm going to hit hard myself. Really? I thought about it earlier this week and just drove it home, right? All these horses are dying, right? And as Berman, who got Epstein, who got Weissenberg today, he said that there's under the law, there's stiff penalties for holding horses. So you guys already know, because you don't need to be uh, a really good FBI agent to figure out how these yeah. horses were dying over a decade. Remember, they've been investigating this man over a decade. They didn't pull the trigger until money was involved with the Saudi king. That's right. He's freaking head of OPEC, gas prices. Yeah, oh yeah, OPEC. Until he got in, right? Remember, oh, we're still filming horses. Well, wait a second, eight horses, 100 horses died and you guys didn't do anything? You know, but Trump was indicted with one year and no evidence, we got Mueller. I don't know how that happens, whatever. Corrupt FBI. So- that's right. Again, the evidence is leading that these FBI agents were given a lot of money not, not to pull this indictment. Number two, that I'm that one I'm gonna leave alone, right? Because I'll make money off this one. I'm not gonna leave. I am going to contact whoever the head is or the head donor. I'm gonna contact two people, the head donor to PETA and whoever's running PETA and ask them yes. where were you guys here? Because 750 is a low number. Because you have in the indictment and you have it recorded and stuff, 
Peter Navarro in Ocala, Florida, not too far away from where my dad lives in Pinellas Park. He is digging huge holes in the sand. And people are, oh man, that building in Miami. No, the Bible says you build a house on sand, it's going to get blown over by the wind. Mm -hmm. So not shocked that a building on sand in Miami was blown over by the wind or crumbled, right. built on sand. Same book we were talking about today, James. <laughs> Same book, yeah. you know, telling you what's going on. Uh, Peter, I'm going to contact them and I'm going to ask him. Uh, thousands of horses are being poisoned and murdered, and I haven't heard a peep from you guys, much less being affected. Final words, Papi. ¿Qué te crees? La última, última palabra. Bueno, yo la última palabra. The uh, Mike Persimisi. Uh, Mr. Michael, en las últimas palabras, yo me aparto un poco del tema porque quiero dar usted congratulations for 50 años de matrimonio. Que sigue usted so he's going to get off topic. He's going to congratulations for your 50 years of marriage. I don't know how many of us. Is it 40 or 40. 50? It's 40. 40. Oh, well, muy bien. <laughs> y también en estos 40 que pueda llegar a 60 y cuidarse mucho si viene alguna brujita por ahí, apartarla. He says that, that if some witch tries to hit on you, make sure to get away from that and, and stay faithful. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Well, see That's it for him. All right. So, last words to Coach Mike. Well, thank you, Papa. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate your years. And by the way, thank you for raising a great son. You did a great job. Okay. God bless you. I pray yeah. for you uh, every day. When, when just going to one part in Florida. Uh, ah. I keep in my pray your your rice and your wife. Then when you go Thank visit you. uh your kids in the panhandle, he has yeah. uh he's praying for you. Thank you. Thank you. So the one final thing, Josh, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. Okay, so I thought about PETA many times. The, the name of PETA is people for the ethical treatment of animals. Right. Okay. So Everything that PETA stands for, these people are the the antithesis, the opposite of. So why aren't they speaking up? You and I both know why. Someone says, well, look, for $3 million contribution to your organization, focus on other things. You know, focus on racism. Fo focus on lack of diversity. What does racism have to be do with the ethical treatment? <laughs> right, well, that's what they're doing. That is what they're doing, exactly. It's a, it's a great smoke screen, uh, smoke and mirrors. It's a diversion. And then someone says, well, you know, we're really busy all over the world and blah, blah, blah. No, you're not. No, no. That's going to be a great podcast. Want to talk about a great podcast. Yes, absolutely. And I think we should have someone on from PETA. I would love yeah, to exactly. have them. I'm going to work talk. on that this week. Okay, great. So I think this is a very good podcast for our viewers and listeners. I hope they're listening to what our heart is. I don't want to see anybody die, whether it's a horse or a human being, unnecessarily. I'm, I'm not in favor of that. And if I can prevent it or help someone get motivated to step up and do something, maybe someone from this podcast will say, you know, you guys are right. I want to get involved with you guys or I want to do what you're doing. Fine. Jump on because nobody else is, apparently. Nobody and else is. Yeah. Another thing I was going to say was these these people that have a microphone and a television camera okay oh, yeah. disaster they're they're glorifying the people they're interviewing they're not asking them hard questions 
oh, maybe they're going to toss them one hard question and 12 softballs. That's not an interview. That's not, that's not investigative journalism. That's asking questions. I can teach my seven-year-old grandchildren how to do that. Well, what we have to do, and, and I was in it, John Hansen, right, and the motivation of people listening to that, before we went on and did the podcast, uh, veteran, great guy from Ohio, and we're working on, uh, you know, motivational business educational podcast. But before we got on, we talked about education in that in life, you never stop learning because life never stops teaching in the most important word in the English dictionary is balance. And if you listen and learn to the interviews we had with Jim Desmond, thank Mike Christianese for bringing him on, and Carl DeMeo, that we were able to ask questions that they might not have been comfortable in the moment, but they were comfortable with afterwards because they were questions where Mike Christianese and I combined our 109 years to present it in a balanced way that was A, thought-provoking, B, not a kiss-ass brown-nosing question. It was a pragmatic question to move the argument, the dialogue, the script forward, right? And then at the end of the day, both of us, because we're not intimidated by them, both of us, the interviewer and the interviewee learn something because life is short. So that's what, among that and many other things, it makes this podcast phenomenal and people binge it and, and it's growing. And the other part of it is that you, another thing about getting old is that once you get old, you understand that giving is a business proposition that you get 10 times more than what you give. So if I'm going to get 10 times more of something, right, then what I'm giving, we prefer to give right now rather than to get in Sir Winston Churchill that we'll talk about the open. And next week we'll start talking about Del Mar. And it'll be interesting because I'm kind of good at this getting some PETA people, because that's part as this narrative, horse racing, true crime, as it comes together, the element we're missing, because we got everything else, well, and some things are coming uh, that are normal part of the future, right? That all horse racing forecasts do, getting jockeys, getting trainers, getting owners. There's gonna be some owners that mm -hmm. probably have already listened to the podcast, have listened to that, and they have their lane. And, and part of their lane are like, oh, I wish I had a podcast doing this. But hey, the more the merrier, they can jump on in so they can get part of it. And there might even be some advocacy, some owners to say, hey, let's clean up the sport. Even though it might not happen, we can have them on for literally for giggles. But we'll get Peter is going to be the next step. Get Peter on and animal rights advocates. And I'll say, hey, you know, what happened here? Yeah. Because I rely on you. I have my own business. I have my own life. I rely on you to bring some humanity to this nonsense. But yeah. we'll close with Winston Churchill, right? You get more than what you give. So it's better to, to, to get, Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor 
but you make a life for what you give. Thank you for listening and watching to the ESBC Horse Racing True Crime in the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why this one cost us $800 and that cost $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'd be ashamed to work. That's why I'm wearing boots and shoes and roll my butt and I get a limousine stuck out there a mile long.